Hello and thank you for downloading episode 78 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Next weekend is Labor Day weekend, and that means one thing. If you're in the Atlanta area, you're probably going to Dragon Con, and I am going to. I've got all sorts of fun panels going on. I'm doing a Q&A. I'm doing an improv panel with my buddy Scott Adsit. I'm doing a big I Got This panel without Mark. We're going to do live answering of all the questions that you have right there in the audience with a panel of great guests, both past guests and people who have never done the show before that are going to be performances, and I'm going to be at the walk of fame signing autographs just for you yes you so come by and see me if you want a full rundown of all the stuff that i'm going to be doing at dragon con all weekend long you can go to hallublin.com and you'll see a big banner across the top with a link you can click to see the full schedule but i also encourage you to download the dragon con app and favorite all those panels of mine that you want to come and see. And then if the room changes, you'll know about it because it's a con and these things happen. But now, let's get down to the business of cleaning a slate in episode 78 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Clean Slate. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hello, everybody. Hey, what's up? How are you, Hal? It's uh, I'm doing great, and the reason why is because I'm looking at your face. We're oh. in the same room for the first time in months. It's so rare because I live in New York and you live in Los Angeles. Uh, normally, we're v- visiting each other via Skype, um, but now we are in the same room together, and there is a third person in this room with us today. There is a third person in this room. Uh, he's, a, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, we met, geez, a couple of years ago at the Family Adventure Hour. Welcome to Night Vale Crossover. Uh, you know him from a variety of things, the internet, films, television, uh, but I know him from sitting right to my left. It's Will Wheaton, everybody. Hi. Hi, buddy. Thanks for joining us, Will. You know, I was under the impression that you lived in Los Angeles because 100% of the times I've seen you, it has been in person in, in Los LA, Angeles. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, well, I, when you're around, I hear that you're going to be there, so I fly so out. You, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hal be damned. Like, yeah. no, I I'll get see it. him on Skype, yeah. but yeah. Will, I want to see in yeah. person. The Will signal is flashed into the sky. <laughs> yeah. Mark appears. He's wearing yeah. his cape and cowl, which is really nice yeah, of him. Yeah, it's terrific. That's right. <laughs> but uh, the reason why we're all here is to clean our slate. Right. So, so Will, we get a lot of different topics from, from our listeners, which is great. We have a list of like, 250 different topics. That's a lot of topics. It's a yeah. lot. And we've gotten through uh, 70-some of them. As That's a lot of topics. It's a yeah. lot of topics. Yeah. And not all of them are a full episode topic. So what we do is we like to gather a bunch of the smaller ones and, and go through them together uh, and issue some rulings because these people deserve satisfaction as well. Yeah, for sure. So so let's kick it off. All right. Uh, JMac. 89, I hope I'm saying that right, but it's a username on the internet, so who cares? Wants to know, this is their actual thing, they, they just wrote amusement park etiquette. Yeah, normally we will get full questions or binaries like this versus this, yeah. or what's the best blank. This just said theme park etiquette. Yeah. So I don't know how to tackle this necessarily. Oh, I gotcha. Not Please. a question. Next. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was thinking about this before, and I feel like this one breaks down into two things. That if you follow these two things, you are pretty much covered. Know your place in the crowd, meaning yes. don't stand in the middle of the st- of a thoroughfare, right. wait in line, don't get to the front of the food line and not be ready to order. Know that know your place in the crowd and be aware that there are kids there. So don't smoke and swear and uh, carry on, you know, and fight and do things that would. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. that. I would add. I think John Roderick has has a rule about uh, uh, always keep moving and mm-hmm. and 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 like be aware of you, be aware of where you are, and always keep moving and and don't smoke in line. Yeah. You are captain of the sailing ship on planet <laughs> right which on is the nowhere. ocean of butts <laughs> yeah if you if you if you do that and i've been around people doing that and then when you're like hey they look at you like you're the asshole no it's like yeah, man don't come on there's kids here yeah there's... i don't even listen i don't even care about kids kids are the worst i just care about me <laughs> i don't i don't want that you're tall so you get if you're tall like Look, it's bad to smoke around kids, but adults get it way worse because it's usually other adults smoking and it goes right into your face. I don't know, man. Usually rises. I just smoke with other kids out on the loading dock. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. out there uh, throwing dice and, you know, talking about the Bowery. With your Newsies caps on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your, and your Penny of Pape. Your breeches or whatever, whatever weird knee pants. Or uh, I, here's the thing for Museum Park Etiquette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Entirely acceptable to hold a place in line for like, a person right or or like if you are with a partner and you have a your a child with you and, and the kid like just can't keep it together to be like in the line that long two people fine any more than that and i feel like you're breaking the social contract yeah uh don't uh, oh no no, no I, i'm holding this here for the rest of my football team yeah that's come on man <laughs> yeah here, here they come, the 89 yeah. San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Getting ready to go on Splash Mountain. Let me, yeah. let me add one more thing on top of this. I have, a, I have a, an etiquette piece and a tip. In, this is sort of an addendum to knowing your place in the crowd, which is know your place in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, often, and I go to Disneyland. I have an annual pass holder at Disneyland, not to brag. Just Are you in that. a Disney gang? Uh, no, but I've seen them. Yeah. Wait, what? There There's Disney gangs things. at Disneyland. I worked there yeah. for nine years and I never saw gangs. It's at a relatively Disneyland. new thing. They call themselves social clubs, uh. and they but they dress and act like Hell's Angels in the seventies, and <laughs> and and each of them, each gang has a, a different amount of turf. What? Uh, yeah, that they like. So there's like uh there's l- l- like the 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 main street. Uh, uh, taking it too seriously, and then there's the like, you know, the 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 the, the fantasy, the the fantasy land. Uh, uh, needs to do something else with their timers. Sure. Uh, and the the, the, the frontier land. They probably own actual guns, and one of them may have gotten one into the park that day. Yeah, and and uh, and and there apparently has recently been a bit of a problem because they some of them like they're uh. Uh, uh, they're like their initiations to get into these various oh. gangs were 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 like disrupting other guests. I so like I was just really? I was yeah. So I was talking about this with a tour guide at 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 Disneyland, and uh, and and I concluded that I was like, Bravo, congratulations, Disney gang people, you've managed to completely f- up something like Disneyland. Yeah, you ma- you <laughs> wrecked Disneyland you, you wrecked Disneyland. <laughs> Congratulations. Do they? Bravo. Do they delineate? Like, I feel like the turf at Disneyland is 
pretty much already broken up. Yeah. You you do people have is there is there a gang that's got like we cover Adventureland but also we get Tom Sawyer Island. I don't know. I and mean they, and we get they a prob- quarter of Critter Country. Yeah. Yeah, they probably have beef with somebody who's yeah. like, "No, we're the Winnie the Pooh honey <laughs> lovers." <laughs> yeah, hey man, don't wear green in front of Roger, Roger Rabbit's cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it, man. That's the best way to get rolled. That, that, I don't you, know. You're going to get dipped. If you're the <laughs> If you're the Toontown gang though, that's like way on the far end of the park. That's the that's your turf. Yeah, you're the the Toontown dippers. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, you want to get on the Casey Jr. Circus train? <laughs> <laughs> that's our country. Uh, if you want to write the story about canal boats, that's fine. I just want to wet my beak. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get half of that fast pass, nerd. I can't. The Astro Blasters already took my fast pass. <laughs> Not <did>. my problem. <laughs> Bad Hatters, move. <laughs> Uh, oh, quick tip, though. Yeah, if right, because you're, you're an annual pass holder, not in a gang. This is just general line, and I don't sneak into lines often. I, that's not me. I'd rather just get in where I'm supposed to and go through because I don't like when it happens to me. But if you need to get into a line for some reason, mm-hmm. here's the here's the move. You take out your cell phone and act like you're responding to something important and then slowly sidle. Oh, uh, you're the, the worst. What? You, yeah. I'm not saying I do this. Everybody you're the worst. knows I'm that move. I've seen it. You're the not worst. <laughs> I'm pretty terrible. And by the way, that's how you get initiated into the, into the, tomor- into the Tomorrowland Texters. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was a horrifying. I didn't expect this to go in such a horrifying direction. Yeah. Well, yeah, well thanks, Disney gangs. Here, yeah. Here's how to be a jerk. Well, that was Jeez. your tip. All right. Let's, let's get out of the, the right. theme parks. This is getting dangerous. Nick Clark. Hi, Nick. Has asked. What is the best birthday? And and by that, it doesn't mean like the party type, but the best year to turn. Like your 10th birthday, your 21st birthday, mm-hmm. 30th, 50th, 40th, what have you. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I know you don't drink, Hal. So Correct. 21st, 21st, I feel like, has a lot of buildup to it. You're yeah. really excited about going out on your 21st birthday. And you remember the first 20 minutes of it because everybody wants to line up a shot for you. Then you're trashed and the night's no longer fun. So 21st is fun for a very brief amount of time. I don't know. Turning 18, you know, you can register for the draft. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. I mean, it's about time. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are your feelings on the golden birthday? Uh, that being the, the, no, the golden birthday being the, uh, you turn the age that your, that your birth date Got is. So for example, I'm July 29th. So my golden birthday would have been when I turned 29. And that would have been okay. right. So that is was what that do you, a do you memorable have? party. Um, you know, I was super freaked out about turning twenty nine because I had set up all of these arbitrary goals that had to be achieved before I turned thirty, and sure. I had accomplished none of them, and and not for lack of trying. Mm-hmm. And uh, turning twenty nine was really freaking me out because I really felt the timer like start to tick very, very loudly. Um, so I didn't really want to do much for my 29th birthday. Um, oddly enough, turning 30 wasn't that big a deal because I think I had just made my peace with, mm-hmm. you know, 30 years of failure. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can do this. Was that the first birthday? Because I do feel like there's a shift where you go from getting excited about getting older and more opportunities coming up. Was that for you, 29, the first shift into... I have to think about things different. I think about birthdays differently. Not really. I mean, I, I, this year, mm-hmm. uh, I turned 44 this year and I didn't, I didn't really want to do anything. And my wife was like, are you 
are you okay? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I just, I don't feel the need. I don't want to, I don't want to plan a party. I don't want to host a party. I don't want to, I, you know what I want to do? I, I want to stay home and it's just us and we're going to watch a bunch of Daredevil. Like that's all I wanted to do and it sure. was great. But then on her birthday, we did a whole bunch of stuff because she likes to do a bunch of things on her birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you share a, a friend group? So it's like, great, we can see everyone yeah. all at once on her birthday yes. so that my birthday can be. Yeah. 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 That makes it easier. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What, what do you think is your, what's the best birthday, Hal? I feel like – you bring up a really good point. First of all, I immediately thought of <laughs> when I first got out of college, I worked as a professional apprentice at the Arden Theater in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And one of the things they had us do was write out – they wanted us to be goal-oriented, which was really odd when basically the job was like sweeping up the bathrooms yeah. for 70 hours a week. But mm-hmm. they were like, what do you want to achieve by the time you were 30? And if I looked back at that list, which I maybe still have somewhere back home – I'm sure I hit none of those things, but it did. Put you didn't a have lot podcast on there. I did not have podcast on there. I had stuff like I knew I wanted to be a performer. I was like, I will win the best supporting actor Oscar. Right. Like that was a yeah. goal, yeah. not an expectation, but, but a yeah. goal. But listen, I'm not going for best actor. I'm going for best supporting <laughs> yeah. actor because I want to be realistic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's get that. Reasonable about. Yeah, it. yeah. I will. I'll win a Grammy. Like that's. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I finally came out here and I was doing extra work on Spider-Man, I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> they don't get the best supporting actor nominations to the extras in Spider-Man? It was a lot of supporting. Randy Savage was there. Oh. Wow. God bless Oliver Shulam. Um, but yeah, I, like, my 30th birthday was the last time I really tried to do – well, no, my wife, who is really good at celebrating stuff, she, she planned a surprise party for me. My wife did great. that for my 40th birthday. And I'm not I, – but I, I – like I don't – I'm not a party guy, but the fact that she threw it, I had a great time there. It was a it was a great party, had a lot of fun. But in general, I'm I'm more like you, where she she's like, "What do you want to do?" And I I go, "I really don't know. Let's just go get some dinner and we'll hang out, maybe see a movie." We went to Disneyland this past year, mm-hmm. um, which was a lot of fun. But I want to see everybody. But also, when you're the host of a party, there's so much pressure. Yeah. To to do a bunch of stuff. My, my golden birthday was the ninth because I'm January ninth. And I feel like you were really a, trashed. So <laughs> like, everybody's lining up shots for me at the yeah, Y. That's, so what, that's what they do. I did have an early. Yeah. There were Y pool parties that were really hot when I was a kid, like like mm-hmm. six, seven, eight. And we could not afford the pool rental or something. So we did a craft party at the Y. So I remember that being a really disappointing. Just birthday. eyeballing yeah. the pool while yeah. you're cutting out construction paper. Yeah. yeah. Look at all those kids having fun over there. I'm making, oh, hand me the I'm, Elmers. I'm making a pool out of styrofoam. <laughs> and my tears. <laughs> and filling it with sadness. Salt water pool. I think like, I, I feel like it's probably like seven, eight, nine, somewhere around mm-hmm. there because yeah. you're young enough that you can just like, you just you're you're reckless you know what i mean you Mm -hmm. just like you lean into everything and your parents go nuts and your friends and the whole bit and then as you get a little bit older it that whole like thing about kind of like are you going to be cool who are you going to invite will there be girls there it kind of gets all confusing and weird so i think like i would I, i would probably like before Chuck E. Cheese just fell apart 
<laughs> and became like a training ground for the yeah. future gambling addicts of of, of tomorrow. <laughs> um, uh, when it was still about like arcade games and disappointing pizza. Um, so probably up until about the time that I was like ten, I guess. I was I was going to throw ten out as I feel like ten is the perfect birthday age because you do have that reckless abandon of childhood, and yeah. you're not you haven't hit. I mean, most people haven't hit puberty by the time they're 10. And uh, and so that you're not dealing with girls and hormones and like things aren't weird yet. You're yeah. not trying too hard to be cool. But the 10th birthday does have that uh, the excitement of growing up factor, because I remember what a big deal it was. Double digits. Double digits, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years old is I feel like. The 10th birthday is the perfect combination of we're kids. We can do kid stuff. Birthday parties are uh, our thing. They are our social life. Yeah. And 10 means I am growing up, you guys, and I'm real excited about it. And if you are a skeptic on the concept of zero, you can finally embrace it. And it actually is a meaningful part of your life now. <laughs> so for that Take reason that. alone. Yeah. Yeah. The 10th birthday is the best birthday. Ask Thanks, and Nick. answered. Yeah. There you go, Nick. Hope you have a time machine so you can go back and experience that last bit of joy that any of us will have in our <laughs> Everything lives. else sucks after that. It's we don't so. know. Maybe Nick is nine. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Nick, happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. yeah. A special 10th birthday greeting to Nick Clark from the internet. And now it's time for the all skate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. The next one, uh, This is this is a tricky one. Uh, which, here's the question as asked. Wait, hold on. What? You just brought up all skate. Every time I went to a roller skating rink as a kid, which I loved. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Roller Ridge, Knoxville. I, I, we, we had the United Skates of America and the uh. Palace. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. We have the, we have the Moonlight Rollerway. It's still here. It's in Glendale. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, uh, you guys, let's go right now. Yeah. I don't like it. No? Why? No, because I play hockey and, and roller skates and hockey skates are similar, but just different enough that I wipe out every time uh, I roller skate. Not because, used to the wide because uh, I'm not used turning to turning radius. It's just super weird and and uh and it's it's it, uh, and my wife's really good at all the roller skating and everything and I'm not. Oh okay. You don't like her you don't like her being better. Well I can't no it's it's just that she's like, let's go, it's fun, let's do all this crazy stuff. And I'm like like and I can't and, and she's older than me and, and I'm like, no, but the hips you know and she's just and she's just yeah she's crazy about it. Will can you skate backwards? Yeah of course I I'm I wish a, I could skate I'm backwards. a goalie. It's it's like 90% of the job. <laughs> All I can do is transition into a back skate on a pair of rollerblades, and yeah. then I'm like, well, I guess I'll stop rolling yeah. now. <laughs> I will, I will <laughs> coast as far as I can. I will just – I'll go until I stop and have someone push me from the front. Yeah. So you have that weird crouch. Yeah. I'm crouched <laughs> so that I don't fall over. Someone can push me from the front, and then – Whenever the ice stops me, that's when. I uh, I broke one of my ribs once at a, at a roller rink. Now, the official story is that the door opened and a bear was coming in. <laughs> and I fought off the bear. That's very brave. And yeah. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Thank you. I, yes, thank you. victory? I, yeah, no, I, is... I, I won, but not, you know, not without cost. Sure. I broke my rib. Mm -hmm. The way my wife tells the story, I was turning in the corner and I caught the the quad wheel skates on each other, and I was I was going pretty fast because mm -hmm. I do, and uh, and I went from pretty fast skating to wham straight Ooh. down. So like oh. like I had worked at one at one time I worked out the the force equation if this had actually happened, mm -hmm. not the bear thing, yeah, the, which the, is the what theory. really happened. Yeah, yeah. Talking yeah. And and I I fell down and I and I landed on if her story is to be believed, sure. I would have landed right on my fist. 
And so I would have taken about 160 pounds uh, moving forward uh, about 13 miles an hour and then taken it from a height of, uh, I guess this would be about four and a half feet Mm -hmm. and then thrust it directly down onto a surface area of uh how big is you know, fist? You know, like, uh, four inch diameter uh, yeah just about that yeah wow. and uh in theory and in theory right that's not what happened what happened it was the fighting bear? the bear um but uh i will tell you uh if you can avoid breaking ribs highly recommend staying just just stay away from that <laughs> that's a freebie yeah there's a freebie for you yeah this is a bonus topic uh will w says ribs break them or don't break them i'm gonna go with don't break them uh great Asked and answered. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on to our next question. It, this one is – here's the question as written uh, from Maud Rich and her 11-year-old daughter, Samantha. Hello, Samantha. Hello, Maud. Gosh, I hope I'm, hope Samantha appreciated her last birthday. I know. Yeah. Uh, Samantha, yeah. That, let us know Sorry. what you did yeah. for your 10th birthday. Sorry about that. Um, all right. Which name is superior, buffalo or bison? Now, these are, uh, I, as Hal knows, I frequently will research these topics. By research, I mean Google them. And, uh. That's a form of research. Right? Yeah. That's the base form of research. Yeah. Uh, and, and I can tell you serious because you're not binging them. Right. No. Nobody, <laughs> do people bing things except I, Donald Trump I, when I he's guess. talking? I don't know. Um, uh, the American bison and buffalo are two different species of animal. Uh, Buffalo, when uh, settlers first came over to the New World and saw them, they mistakenly referred to them as buffalo. The name stuck, uh, but they are actually the American bison. Uh, and then there are two different buffalo, which are an Asian water buffalo, which are the ones with the giant horns, and uh, and the African buffalo, which is smaller and their heads look like they have little uh, British barrister hats on them. I like those. Yeah. So, so Buffalo wins specifically the African Buffalo. Yeah. And only because of the hats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Any animal that has a hat built in. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's But even, those that's, buffaloes are horrible racists. But I know, I know. But yeah. look at their hats. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Buffalo for president. Yeah. They do, yeah. they do have pointy white hats. That's what they're, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what they're known for. Yeah. Um, all right. So. <laughs> Is that asked and answered, or are we just deciding what's the best animal that looks like it's wearing a hat? Well, it's asked and answered, and I would add on, hey, Whole Foods, why don't you fix the packaging yeah. on all that meat you're selling, everybody? Because you write uh, ground bison. Oh, no, I guess that's right. Did they say bison, yeah. You know what, Whole Foods, I'm letting you off the hook this time, but you better watch out <laughs> yeah. on notice. Keep, keep an eye on things. Because it, it, uh, uh, Ted Turner has, has Ted's Montana Grill. That's his mm-hmm. chain restaurant, which is a steakhouse. But they serve... I guess it's bison there too. I don't know why I've ever thought that it was ground buffalo. Maybe because I, when you were in Asia or Africa, I don't know. I'm having a bad brain day and now oh, I'm realizing buddy. maybe it's my whole life. My my understanding is that uh, the that the species that is dominant in North America mm-hmm. right now is bison. It is, and it is and, only found in North America. Yes, right? and and uh, and and that, in fact, bison were so plentiful during the westward expansion uh, during the uh, early half of the eighteen hundreds that they were so plentiful that settlers just shot them for sport from from uh, from trains and from from wagons, and then just let them die because they mm-hmm. were there were so many of them everywhere. And now there are um, not, and and now they are not. Uh, but there are numerous herds in. Yellowstone National Park, and you can go see them, and they're really cool. Yeah. I thought you were going to say really delicious. 
Um, they you know, made I, this know, country. I, the I, American I, bison made the United States what it is. Yeah. Uh, they built the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just pulling ropes just pulling, and hauling those up. mountains up. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure ancient aliens made those mountains. <laughs> ancient aliens made the Grand Canyon. Oh, right. <laughs> and those hats it's on a, the buffalo. <laughs> those buffalo hats. This is, well, let me ask you something. Have you ever seen Buffalo take its hat off? No. No, you haven't. Yeah. Well, can you know why? What's it hiding? That's true. A tiny the, alien. The tiny alien that rides it. it. <laughs> yeah. No, they're on to us. We must retreat. <laughs> I just want to see all the buffalo lift off. All <laughs> so long. Thanks for all the fish. Um, okay. That's Aston answered. It's buffalo. Yeah. Wait, what? No, it's bison. No, buffalo of the hat. Oh, the hat. Yeah, buffalo. it's definitely yeah, right. buffalo. All buffalo right. because of the hat. Great. Yeah. I thought we, I thought at the end there, we turned it around and we made it, you know, America was built by bison and they were amazing, but. Buffalo had that. Also, there's not a hockey team called the Bison Sabres. There's also not a city called Bison, New York. Because Buffalo's better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, next topic. This one is from Haley Thompson. And Haley wants to know, guys, what's the best part of the chicken? Well, mm. this comes down to... I assume to this means for eating. By a show of voice, Yeah. Who who prefers dark meat over white meat? I do. Why? Just me? Okay. Because it's uh, flavorful and fatty, and I, I don't care about myself physically, so whatever <laughs> right. gets me there faster. Okay. All right. I For me, it's I like white meat because I'm a chicken breast guy, mm-hmm. specifically because it's the easiest. Like, I have to do the least amount of work to just pull off the most meat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chicken um, wings can kiss my butt. Um, really? I You know, the, my answer is a little bit of a cop-out. I actually like the entire chicken- because when I make chicken, mm-hmm. when I when, when I when I cook chicken to feed my family, mm-hmm. uh, I really like to uh, brine it, stuff it, and then make it in my uh, smoker. Ooh. Sure, naturally the way that I like to do it. I like that. Now, if we were to go and take this another another, I will add supporting evidence. A chicken, mm-hmm. like when it's alive, they're badasses. Mm-hmm. Like chicken, <laughs> chickens, chickens, they like they're scrappers. And when a new sure, chicken, Rocky when, couldn't catch when, one. When a new and it, well, I mean, it's like listen, I think Rocky was puffed up by the media. Um, but uh, the, you know, that Hagography movie they made about him was super offensive. Um, uh, I, I just, I, I think that like what, like you just you watch them and like. They, when a new chicken comes in, they beat the hell out of that chicken and they're like, and then the chicken fights back. And then the other chickens are like, all right, you can stick around. And they just, and they're just, they don't take crap from anybody. These chickens sound like one of those Disneyland yeah, games. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. You survived. Good. We take over Tomorrowland <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the California uh, adventure chickens. Yeah. California Adventure only has one gang for one, the whole for, for the, the whole, whole thing. Nobody yeah. really and wants it's to those be cats, there. The cats of 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 Disney <laughs> Disneyland. Yeah, the cats that live by the, the, one, the ones that live on the Jungle Boat Island. Yeah, they live there. And then um, the 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 rapids in in Disney's California Adventure. If you want to see, there are real cats. They, they have there is an Instagram tag for Disney like put cats them of there. Disneyland. Yeah, they're there to take care of vermin. Yes, right? uh, but we're not talking no. about cats at Disneyland. We're so, talking about what is the best cut of yeah. chicken. So, well, granted. That that sounds like a great way to make chicken. Sounds fantastic. It's really cool. And then here's yeah. the thing: when it's all done, I save the parts of the chicken that we don't eat, and I turn them into stock. Yes, you do. Which Aww. I then turn into chicken soup. That's fantastic. Delicious. It's pretty great. Like I use all of the chicken mostly. Sure. Yeah, well, that's the way. You I do don't it. use the feet or the neck or the face. No, you don't. You don't purchase them 
in in their entirety. They they're packaged. They're whole chickens, but they're packaged in a store. Yeah. Missing the feet and the head. You're yeah. not yeah. one of those. Yeah, but yeah. so you, <laughs> listen, I'm a 21st century American. I, and I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't have to deal with the unpleasant realities of being a carnivore. Yeah. <laughs> come on, like what yeah, kind of ridiculousness do you think I am? From? It comes. It from comes from the store. store. Yeah. What yeah. I'm talking about. It's uh, the, the, it comes from it's from the freezer and the you know the cold uh, things. My hunting rifle is my credit card. <laughs> So assume you've cooked your chicken. Okay? Yeah, it's yeah. out on the plate. That yeah. Everybody, your family says, "Will we want you to have the first piece?" Really? Where are you going to get that first piece of chicken? And I know that rarely, rarely do you get the first choice. When usually, well, uh, no, usually because I've done a hundred percent of the work, so logically I go last. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in that situation, it's going to be the 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 drumstick thigh quarter. Which is odd, and that's dark because that's dark meat. Yeah, it's delicious though. It yeah. is very good. But if I were to come across, you know, like if catering uh, at you know, if, if if catering on the set like has chicken, whatever, I don't. I want the I want the breast. I don't want that thigh thing. That does not look good. So if you make it, but if, when you make it, you know how it's going to taste, as opposed to you yeah. can't trust. But also, like, I, breast think, is good. I, I think mm. that the way that I make it, a lot, it, a lot of the like the fattiness just runs. It goes off. I was going to ask: Are you? Is there? Uh, is there an open? Yeah. So, some sort of somewhere to drip underneath. Yeah. So like that's the problem with the the thigh and the leg. A lot of times is it's on the bottom, so it's yeah. sitting in. Yeah. If I'm like facing my 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 smoker, uh, I put all of my coals and and the and the wood and all that stuff on the left side, and then on the right side it's empty. There's a tray underneath with some water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried using some apple cider once to see if it could cha- you know if that would change and it didn't overwhelm the smoke. So yeah. you know and I'm going to drink the cider now. It was an Experiment didn't yeah. work, uh, so I so I put that there, hey, and then you I you want some of this chicken side? <laughs> <laughs> so now I just then I just put the chicken, just I just put it out like right on the grill, and then close it up, and it takes about an hour and a half, two hours, right. uh, and then all the fat just runs down into that tray. And recently, I forgot to empty the tray, and I was making another Ooh. batch of barbecue stuff, so I'm like like heating heating up the coals and everything, and uh, the uh, the grease in the thing uh, turned like caught on fire. So I had like I had this like 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 three foot tall column of grease fire flame shooting out of my barbecue. And part of my brain was like, I should close the lid and and put that fire out. And but then the part of my brain that I listened to was like, but this looks cool. Yeah, (laughs) that's the same part of your brain that uh, enjoyed its 10th birthday, grabbed a marshmallow, put it on a stick and threw it in there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like while we prefer. Will and I are sort of on the same page with preferring a drumstick if you Mm -hmm. make the chicken yourself or if you can trust it. In general, if you're out in the public, chicken breast is probably the better way to go. There's a million different things that you can do with it. Right. Um, And never nuggets. Stay the hell away from that. That's not even hot. They're the hot dogs of chicken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a tenderloin fan, though. I do like a chicken tenderloin. Uh, is it called the? T- or the I mean, they're called tenders when you buy them, but it is—it's that uh, that long strip that's underneath. Well, the I mean, but, but that—but that's just basically uh, part of the breast. That's part of the breast. Yeah. Turn. So there you go. It's the so, chicken breast. Chicken breast wins. Asked and answered. Here's what we're gonna do. What? We're gonna take a brief break. Okay. So that we can listen to some of the other fun shows that are happening on the Maximum Fun Network. Right here in this very room, many right of them here. are recorded. They're gonna happen all during this this wow. sixty to ninety second Man. break. And so then we're gonna we'll put back. a lot of people in here. We're we're gonna figure it out. It's gonna be like college in the twenties. We'll be right back. I'm Travis. And I'm Andy. And we host Bunker Buddies, a comedy apocalypse podcast every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. 
We've got a brand new format for our podcast that we hope you want to come and check out. We try out products for your go bag. We'll try out cheddar larva and cricket bars so you don't have to. We play Would You Rather and answer questions from the audience. And we have great guests that pop into the bunker. It's everything you love about the show and more. Come check it out every Wednesday here on MaximumFun.org. Stay safe out there. There's always hope and cheesecake. New York City, listen up. Your fellow Max Fun listeners and hosts are gathering at Stuart Wellington's new Brooklyn bar, and you're invited. You probably know Stuart from his hilarious movie riffing on the Flophouse, but did you know he's also a small business owner? It's true. Join Stuart and a ton of new Max Fun friends at the Hinterlands Bar on Saturday, August 27th at 7 p.m. You can find more information at bit.ly slash maxfunhinterlands. See you there. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks, Hal. You're welcome. I assume you're uh, talking to Will and I because we're the only three in this room. I am. And even though we didn't go anywhere, you're always welcome in my heart. Thanks, man. I'm glad you didn't leave, Internet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This one actually – I thought about – Maybe keeping it for a full episode, but it felt like a like a quick one. However, it was suggested on Twitter by Sarah Stewart and then started an immediate like battle, uh, which is well back up on Twitter. On Twitter, that can't be right. We're That's weird. Wars on the internet. People That's strange. Get along there. Twitter seems like a place where you make a funny joke and someone says, "I really enjoyed that," and then that's the end of it. I know. It's like the future from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Or hey, thanks for that information. <laughs> I wasn't aware of it. <laughs> yes, that picture is adorable. But for a shining moment, there was a battle on Twitter, and it was get over. out. I know. You, you, when you hear it, you'll understand. Okay. And that's Pop Tarts versus Toaster Strudels. Ew. You wanted to do a whole episode? No, on no. That? I thought for a second, okay, maybe that's an episode. And then I that's realized. That's a commercial. It's that's here. a 30 second commercial. So do we all, do you want to say it on three? Yeah. All right. One, two, three. Pop tarts. Done. Asked and answered. <laughs> Sarah, take your toaster strudels that I know you, I know you, what you were doing. You I'll were tell you what, you know who asks that question? Ooh. Toaster strudel. Somebody who works at toaster strudel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, when my grandfather, Ambrose Strudel, came to this country, <laughs> he had a toaster and a dream. But that dream's been dashed. It's Pop-Tarts. They're the best. They even work cold or hot. I never should have trusted you, Jeremiah Tart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, your, your footman is mine. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what a toaster strudel is good for. Leave the strudels in the freezer, take that little cup or the little pouch of icing that they come with, and put that on absolutely anything else in your kitchen. <laughs> is that – they – Wait a minute. Yeah. They come you with You have to own... build it? You yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. It's Why a, would it's I It's like a frozen lunchable. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> so the, 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 the IKEA of breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> and you can't you'll never do you'll never ice anything. I want you all Sarah, you listen to me. This is for you specifically. I swear to God, Sarah. <laughs> you will never be able to ice that strudel the way you see it on the package. Do you understand me? You will never be able to do it. You're chasing an impossible dream. Yeah, yeah and don't just take a picture of the package and then put it on Twitter because we'll know. Uh-huh. We will. Please put a picture of whatever you draw with your toaster strudel on the internet. We'd love please, to see that. Please be a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hashtag it toaster strudel art. <laughs> We're having a giveaway on our Instagram account. <laughs> All right, there you go, Sarah. <laughs> the prize is a box of Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <box of> Pop-Tarts. 
<laughs> oh, that's so much shade. I'll bet you not one of the gangs at Disneyland has ever even had a toaster strudel. No they way. all roll with Pop-Tarts. Yeah, yeah, of course they do. Because they're all tough and awesome. Yeah. They have those Ooh. weird blueberry ones. Yeah. Where the inside is like a singularity. Uh, all right. When I was, guys. when I, when I was, uh, when I was like 10, I was in a movie and one of the scenes called for me to eat a Pop Tart and the prop master was like, what Pop Tart do you want me to get for you? And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, so what's your were, choice? Uh, well, my choice then was a bad choice and it was like cinnamon something or other. Okay. Because that's what they were advertising at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's the new one. So it must be the best because that's how, you know, my 10 year old brain works. Oh, and they were not iced at the time. So it could have been any flavor in there. Yeah. I don't remember what oh. it was. I didn't, originally I didn't, I didn't, they were just like brown, brown sugar cinnamon. I know yeah, exactly the one you're talking yeah. about. I remember when it came out. Yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is part of my problem. Brown um, sugar cinnamon uh, is my I, go-to. I, uh, I don't, I don't have a sweet tooth. And, okay. and, uh, uh, so I actually, I don't like either of these things. I mean, if obviously, the clear, the answer is clearly Pop Tarts. I mean, it's, it's, there's no, there's no question about that. Of course. I'm not a monster. Um, <laughs> like, but, like Sarah who works over at Toaster Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I, um, sit on your throne of strudel. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, you know, probably, uh, I would probably be like a classic, like strawberry guy, I right. guess, you know, but I mean, they're going to make some gross flavors, right? Like they probably, Probably make bubble gum or I'm sure. or, 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 like or mango blue or, raspberry. Yeah, when that became a thing was yeah. gross, and because raspberries aren't blue, and stop just trying to do something with your blue food dye. That's yeah. old white men deciding what kids will like, and yeah. somehow it's stuck. Like kids love raspberries and blue. You know, I, I saw some guys, uh, they like the strawberries with kiwis. Try, you go try to find anything that's just kiwi. You can't. You can't. It always has strawberry. Wait, strawberry's in it. cheating on rhubarb with kiwi? Mm-hmm. Well, because big strawberry is really in tight in oh. the breakfast pastry industry. Yeah. But strawberry is my favorite Pop Tart as well. Yeah. I mean, nice if I, I'm great. a brown sugar cinnamon for life, yo. Those are also great. Yeah. I love them both. I love them both. I do not like s'mores. It's too much. It's yeah, that's because you get the cheap just, chocolate in there, and it just sucks. Yeah, I don't like s'mores anyway. I mean, like I, don't, I, don't, actual, I don't like s'mores prime. Although you're a guy that likes to cook, you don't like the activity of the physical fire um, creates dessert. When I when 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 I make them, I uh I I put the marshmallow into the fire, and then I just let it burn down to nothing. Because I would okay. rather, I would you're rather not making a sport. No, torturing I'm not. I'm, I'm not making a sport at all. I'm, pl- I'm literally, I'm playing with my food because I like watching it burn. Yeah. Like I just, you know, that's you're just like Sid that's from Toy that's, Story. That's, yeah, yeah, that's just what that's what I like to do. All right. Well, last and answered. It's Pop Tart Sarah, and it's strawberry or cinnamon. And go ahead and torch your marshmallows. That's okay. Isabel right. Wilson. Hi, Isabel. Hi, Isabel. She wants to know when you go to the movie theater. Or I guess even if you get microwave popcorn, mm-hmm. is it better to get your popcorn? Let's just say this is for movies. This feels like a movie. Yeah, this is a movie theater question. Popcorns, okay. buttered popcorns. That's fine. There are multiple of them yeah. in every bucket. Do you get your popcorn buttered or plain? Now, I know, Helen, you and I have had this discussion. I have very strong feelings about it, but I don't want to influence our guest. I'd okay. like to hear your unfiltered uh, opinion. Okay, first of all, much like Hodgman calls it bases ball. Mm-hmm. I think it should be called popped corns. Sure, sure. I think that's what it should be called. Mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, and um, I actually like it plain. 
Okay. I pref- I prefer it plain. I find that the uh, I and and that's because I understand that at this moment in time in the 21st century, the butter thing they put on it uh, has at some point in its lifetime had a relationship to butter. Right. But when I was <laughs> but when I when I was a kid. It uh, had a relationship with, like, I guess whatever was left over at Lockheed after they scrapped the SR seventy one program, <laughs> um, and 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 I really didn't like it, and it always and it kind of like I felt like. I was waxing the inside of my mouth, mm-hmm. you know, yep. or like like I'd made the inside of my mouth hydrophobic <laughs> <laughs> um, after after eating popcorn. So so that's uh, and then when I make it at home, I make it with the whirly pop and like coconut oil, mm-hmm. and I use mushroom popcorn and, and mushroom kernels, and and it and I get like a really like I, there's like a clean kind of flavor on it, a little bit of salt. Um, uh, but I'm guessing that you're a butter guy. No, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Putting butter, first of all. You looked very disappointed in me when I said I didn't like butter, which oh, is why oh, I, I was interested. I know I, I was just hanging on your every word. Uh, oh, I'm don't disappointed. do that. Uh, here's who I'm disappointed in. It's Isabel Wilson, who even thinks that there is a universe that exists somewhere in our imaginations where it's okay to put what they call butter, quote unquote, on your popcorn. It is as if. Somebody has said, let me make you a bucket of popcorn, but first, I've got a really bad cold. Let me sneeze on it like 30 or 40 times. Yeah. And then you can go over to that weird – now they have like a weird salt and powder bar. Like, look. Oh, I'm super not into that. At the movie theater where they're like, yeah, put garlic and chive on your popcorn. Uh What? Listen, if you hate popcorn, just go hate popcorn. Yeah. You can just go do a line of that butter, salt or whatever crap they have you putting on that stuff, but never butter. Never, ever, ever. Ever, ever butter, ever, Mark. Uh, I agree with both of you. I'm I'm a plain popcorn guy, uh, just salt. I although when I'm at home, I will also put Old Bay on it. I'll toss a little oh, toss a little Old Bay seasoning. You know Old Bay? No. What's oh, that? it's great. It's like seasoned salt, but with a little bit of uh, celery seed in it. Okay. So it's it it's what gives. Uh, it, it's what gives Maryland crab cakes their distinct flavor. Yeah. All right. It's uh, good. It's good. It's a good uh, multi-purpose. Okay. Yeah. It never occurred to me to use various types of salt seasoning things. Oh, yeah. If you do it yeah. minimally. Now, that stuff at the movie theater, it's like a thick white powder that right. comes out. And you're like, that's mostly just cornstarch, right? That's, yeah. that's gross. Um, but for me, it's less about what the, about the oil and the grease on the popcorn. It's more about getting that all over my fingers when I'm watching a movie. I don't want to sit and watch right. a movie with gross, greasy hands. Right. That, that, I, as a fastidious kid and now adult, that bothers me. You also don't want your shirt to look like an ink blotter when you're, like a, like a crime blotter where the, <laughs> my, the well, listen, my, there. my shirt often looks, uh, when I'm done eating popcorn, I stand up. And like it turns out there's a whole other serving of popcorn all around me that I can just pick up. You look like that Pompeii blast where there's like a blast yeah. on the wall yeah. and then the outline of a person. It's yeah. just that with popcorn. Yeah. So um, my wife Anne eats popcorn two or three dainty kernels at a time. Yep. And I, I opt for more of a shovel fistfuls <laughs> yeah. into yeah. my mouth as fast as I can. Uh, almost as if I'm on some kind of like assembly line of just, you know, like the, that powerhouse music from the Warner Brothers cartoons is playing yeah. while, <laughs> while, while it just consi- keeps on going in, you know, like I would, if I didn't need to use one hand to steady the thing that the popcorn is in, I'd be two fisting popcorn yes. for sure. Like, I mean, I just, I love it. And how about those little, most 
mostly unpopped kernels at the oh, bottom of the popcorn the, not thing. Not the completely unpopped ones. No, 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 no. Yeah, those the are break ones The ones that are, just, that are a little yeah. bit. That's Somebody told me you can buy them at Trader Joe's, a whole bag of just those. What? That is Trader Joe's. You are too right? hip for yeah. I mean, it, I feel, I, I'm just saying Nobel Prize should be awarded in food <laughs> chemistry for that, I think. That they can figure out how to do that is amazing. Or do yeah. you think it's they pop the corn and then there's some sort and of And then they centrifuge that, it off. Yeah. They <laughs> centrifuge the, uh, they the popcorn. I, I, I eat popcorn the same way you do, Will. And yeah. I, every time I take a bite, I just have this thought of like, if anybody is seeing me at this moment, right. they are witnessing the very worst of humanity yeah. play out in yeah. front of their eyes. Um, I eat popcorn like, the way hedonism bot would eat popcorn yeah. were it real. Uh, I would like to point out to our <laughs> listeners if they could see both of you in your description. How you eat popcorn. If I were watching this and we were playing charades, I would never guess popcorn. For both of you, I would say eating an apple. That's what it, looks like. it is the size of an apple in your hand. You are taking giant bites out of it yeah. as if you are eating an apple. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's more like I don't really eat popcorn. I stuff my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's sort of that's that's sort of like, no, uh, like you're at Build-A-Bear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, my, that's exactly right. Where do you guys come down on the issue on the, on the question of like caramel corn? Do you enjoy it? Do you not like it? Are you agnostic about it? I, I it's a different thing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a guy who every holiday would get that big tin with the three had, things. Yeah. Right. The, the yellow popcorn, the cheddar cheese popcorn, and the caramel popcorn. Right. And then you eat all the caramel popcorn, and then yeah. you sort, and then you then and then you put that other one away in a closet. You put the other two thirds away in a closet. Like, oh, I'm going to eat that eventually. Yeah. I'm not yeah. wasting food. It's a yeah. time capsule. They're the yeah. straw- <laughs> they're the strawberry and vanilla of that particular popcorn Neapolitan. <laughs> but you guys, I used I grew up doing summers on the Jersey Shore, mm-hmm. going to Ocean City and Wildwood and Margate. And on the boardwalk there, yeah. they have Johnson's uh, caramel corn, yeah. where they make it fresh. So you get a giant bucket. Like for twenty dollars, my parents would get a giant bucket of fresh caramel corn, and then over the course of a weekend, we would eat it together as a family, and it was the that's pretty best. fantastic. I've, I've had, had fresh I've, made I've, caramel I've corn had before. that's really kind of the only place that I like it, and I've had it at like the county fair, mm-hmm. and it's probably the same same sort of thing. That's absolutely it's weird because I I really do not have a sweet tooth, but there are certain like glaring exceptions, yeah. you know? Yeah. There is a there's a way to eat popcorn in Chicago of that style. They call it Chicago style now, uh, which is and it's sounds insane, but it's actually kind of tasty is imagine that you've just got the two divided sections. Forget the plain buttered popcorn. And it's just the cheese popcorn and the caramel corn. Imagine taking that cardboard divider out and shaking the whole thing up. See, now I would think Chicago style would be watching your team never make the playoffs. Oh, (laughs) Oh. That's what I was, and it turns out I was mistaken. Hey, the Cubs are the best team in baseball right now. Is that true? Yeah, it is. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, it's a good thing to peak in August. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, uh, we have time for one more, so make it a good one. I'm going to, I'm going to go with book or ebook. Man, that is such a tough one. That, that could be a whole episode. That's a yes. That was Dennis Sweeney. Thank you, Dennis Sweeney. I I thought about whether or not that could be a, a whole episode, but then for me, it just came down to look. I like to be able to read in any form, and yeah. the fact that technology allows us to to have basically an entire archive or library with us in our hands is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I have I have the Kindle app on on my iPad, and I have I think five or six books in there at any given time, but I have found that I am less likely to sit and read through a book 
and get lost in it the same way that I do when I physically have two hands in a book and I'm flipping pages because then it, there, there's something to that physical mm-hmm. tactile experience that makes it vastly superior. I, 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 you know, I, I absolutely love the convenience of, of an ebook and ultimately whatever, whatever encourages people to read. Mm-hmm. However, like that ultimately more people reading is better. Um, just from, You're a big a, from, I'm a huge reader. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, just, but from like a societal standpoint, right. the more people we have reading, the better. That said, if I had to choose, I would choose books because I don't want to live in a world that does not have bookstores. Right. Because I absolutely love going into a bookstore and getting lost. I love going into a library and getting lost. And, and, you know, one of, I read this book years ago called uh, A Voyage for Mad Men. And it's about this race that happened in, in the early 60s. It was a sailing race. And the race was you had to leave the southern tip of England and then sail around all three capes uh, 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 around the world and get back. And whoever got back first – and you could never stop. And whoever got back first won. There were no satellites at the time. There was there was you know there was just radio and charts and things like that. And something like twelve ships set out, and one of them finished. And this story is about the people who did it, and it really changed my life because I I like super identified with this one guy who had this unbelievably tragic story, and and this other guy who like kind of decided like winning didn't matter, and you know just the journey was the thing, and it was. Anyway, I never would have found this book if I had been in an ebook situation right. where I'm getting recommendations based on what I'm already reading. You know, I would just be like, here's some more science fiction for you, right? So I was at a bookstore and I was on my way to the science fiction section and that title just caught my eye in the travel section or whatever and I stopped and picked it up and I was opened up to this whole world of books like that and then I read a bunch of them about like this books about people that sail are crazy you know and just like especially before we had satellites and things like that right Um, and that wouldn't have happened without a bookstore I would not be a writer if a librarian had not like seen a weird kid when I was in elementary school, lost and afraid in the library, not knowing what to do, bummed that the book I wanted already got taken by one of the cool kids and directed me off to the sci-fi section. Like that, none of that ever would have happened. So I love the convenience of it. I really do. And I travel yeah. a lot. So I like that. And then the other thing is when you see someone reading a book you love, this is not my phrase. It's someone else's phrase. That's a book recommending a person. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's true. Yeah. And you you don't you can't really ever see that with a Kindle because you're not just right. over someone's shoulder reading. Like if someone's reading, you know, whatever, you know, Glenn Beck's pile of bullshit is, well, I know that's a person I don't need to talk to. <laughs> but there's, there's another level to that where when you go into a bookstore and uh you're you're let's say you and I are in a bookstore together and we're we're in a specific section, we see a book that neither one of us is aware the other have read. We may both be drawn to that and it'll start a new conversation and that'll yeah. deepen our relationship mm-hmm. or start a relationship with someone who you haven't met that you sort of bond over this book. So there is something to that that you don't get online. As much as the internet brings us together, it isolates us as well. We don't have to go out and have those sort of chance encounters. Everything is convenient and it doesn't all need to be convenient. And that that to me is another – reason why like books are not convenient you mm-hmm. when you have a ton of them they fill up your home right but 
they also fill up your home. Yeah. And also, John, yeah, if you just had a Kindle with 10,000 books in it, your home would look like an Apple store. Right. It would just be sparse. If everything that you could put into a phone or an app. But was think of the suspenders you'd have in your house if it looked like an <laughs> Apple store. I mean, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, I'm with you guys though on this. I, but I do have to point out though that I, I was initially on the side of ebooks only because I have read since I began using ebooks and, uh, now using news, uh, news feeds online. Yeah. I am so much more well informed and, sure. uh, and I have read five times as many books, but I do think that we all have, I guess, that sort of, uh, r- romantic artistry that just says, yeah, there's something about that holding onto a book and that the bookstore thing I didn't think about, but that there are a lot of great books that I have found, uh, I've found just by walking past an end cap and going, ooh, right. what are you? Yeah. Well, absolutely. you know what? And people who choose to work in bookstores mm-hmm. generally are people who love books mm-hmm. and they want to match you up with a book that you love. Like yeah. they're, they're sort of like matchmakers, I guess. Right. And, and same thing with librarians. I mean, it's, it's, these are people who are like, the value that they add to society oh, yeah. is not reflected in the amount of respect or salary that they get, like, at all. I would like to give a shout-out to uh, my neighborhood bookstore. Do you guys have a neighborhood bookstore that you enjoy? Powerhouse do, Books yeah. in yeah. Uh, Park Slope, Brooklyn. Uh, they I went the other day when the new Harry Potter play came yeah. out the, in book form, and they had completely taken the store and all handmade decorations. They had built a Quidditch. Uh, That's so great. Pit, like, all yeah. of this stuff. That's yeah. That's such a, I love that. So my, uh, there are, there are two that I love. There's a, there's a bookstore on Magnolia in Burbank called Dark Delicacies. Mm-hmm. And it's just horror and sci-fi and occult, uh, books. Um, and I think the greatest bookstore in Los Angeles County, uh, is called The Last Bookstore. Fantastic. In yeah. downtown LA. Downtown. Beautiful. It's and an, go to the second floor if you go to that. The bookstore. second floor is oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. That arch of books that they have mm-hmm. and their, their sci-fi section and their used section is amazing. And, and, uh, I really like that. That would be my local pick as well. Cause the nearest bookstore to me, uh, down in the marina is a Barnes and Noble, which is, look, any bookstore is fine, but yeah. there is something to that independent bookstore mm-hmm. where they, where they decorate and do stuff. There is a bookstore, the name of which is escaping me. It's in, New Hope, Pennsylvania, which is where I propose to my wife. So every time we take a trip uh, back to Philadelphia, we go there and, and hang out. It's a great, like, quaint area, but it's huge. And it's one of those – New Hope is one of those places that's maybe one of the only places where not only one bookstore like that, but several bookstores like that can thrive because it's a that's really great. cool, like, artsy uh, community. But it's a great bookstore. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's huge. It might be Farley's Bookshop. Yeah. Christian Well done, who's, Christian. Who's our guest producer. In, 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 see, in my head, I was going to call it, hey, books. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know why? You should read a book sometimes is the name of it. Yeah. Use, fantastic. Use. <laughs> is your sister read a books about me? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the Philadelphia slogan. Right. So, uh, so books win. Asked and answered. Yeah. Yeah. There you Asked go. Asked and answered. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, and that is – that we we have more topics. That's going to have to go to our next uh, clean slate. The slate will never truly be clean. No, not when we have two hundred some odd topics going we on. We cleaned a section of it, though. Uh, will Wheaton, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. Tell everybody uh, where they can find you online. What should they be looking for? What you know? What whatever you like to plug. The uh, floor is yours. Uh, my website is willwheaton.net. 
I write a blog there uh, on Twitter. I'm at Will W, but you shouldn't follow me because I'm the worst. Um, on Instagram and uh, and Facebook and Snapchat, I'm It's Will Wheaton. And uh, I do a show with Geek and Sundry called Tabletop. That uh, is uh, where we play nerdy board games. And our fourth season will be starting up a little bit later this year. And uh, at this moment in my life right now, we are recording this uh, in the uh, pretty much in the dead middle of August. Uh, I'm about 10,000 words into a story that I've been writing that I thought was going to be 2,500 words. So um, once that is finished, it'll take its place in a collection of short stories that I'm releasing later this year. Uh, and uh, at the moment, it's called Seven stories in search of a title because I have no idea what to call it. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's those are those are the things uh, those are the things that I do. Fantastic. Uh, I do want to say I read your blog and I enjoy it a great deal. It's really um, it's not only well written and entertaining, but also very personal. And uh, for anybody out there reading it, it's not only insight into another human being, but it's also stuff that everybody can identify with. And I think it's actually. Uh, can be a really good resource for people. Oh, thanks. So uh, I encourage you to check that out for sure. I have de- depression and anxiety, and I write about that a lot. And uh, I, which a lot I, of people and, do. So, and and the reason yeah. I write about it as much as I do. Oh, and my Tumblr is willwheaton.tumblr.com, and I write about it a lot there as well because um, I suffered for a long time with mental illness before. People that I admired and trusted and, and I, and like I had no idea had mental illness started publicly talking about it. And that made me feel like, well, geez, if they, you know, but they're so successful and they're doing so well. Okay. Well, maybe then maybe I'm not as messed up and weird as I think I am. And if I can just normalize it for another person and have encourage another person to like, you know, make the phone call to go talk to a doctor so that they can stop suffering. Um, that that's really important to me. So I write about that a, a lot uh, in, in my various spaces. That's great. That's going to do it for us. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Will. Uh, and thank you to everyone who sent suggestions to us for topics for this episode. Those are covered, but there are many more topics to discuss. So reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit. A Flame War is probably happening right now. You can fill up the slate at facebook.com forward slash we got this podcast or email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to guest producer Christian Duaneus. Our regular producer is, of course, Ken Plume. I want to thank researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, as always, to Mike Furman and Jonathan Dinerstein for our award-winning theme song and score, respectively. And, of course, thank you to you, our listeners. Hal and I would not be sitting in a room with Will Wheaton right now in this space enjoying our lives as much as we are eating these pop tarts and joining our new Disney gang. If it weren't for you, I'm also sitting on 16 pounds of uneaten popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.